Hello, and welcome to Consciousness at Play, where we discuss ideas, philosophies, and relevant topics with the spiritual twist. Today, we're going to get into a weekly check-in and uh, start with Dave. Ask Dave how his, how his week has been. It's been good. It's been good. Um, about to turn 28, so my birthday's coming up. Uh, had a pretty solid week. Did a lot of exploring the city. Went to a lot of new places I haven't been. Um, my brother's visiting this weekend, so we were over at the West Loop and checking out different shops and just walking around there. It was cool. It was cool. Just doing a lot of exploring and, um, yeah, nothing new, really. Um, maybe we'll have new new news next week. We'll see. Um, but, but, yeah, just getting ready to turn 28 and feel another year older. So exciting stuff. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Isn't isn't yeah. there a, a a thing called the um I think is it the twenty eight club or the twenty seven club? Which one is it? I, I, twenty seven just sounds yeah twenty seven just seems cooler. Okay, so maybe it's twenty seven. Let me That's see. <laughs> yes, so the twenty seven club is a list consistently uh, consisting mostly of popular musicians, artists, and actors, and other celebrities who died at age twenty seven. So. That list has like Gene Basquiat, Amy Winehouse. Just it, it's kind of weird and and sort of eerie. Jimmy Hen- Jimmy Jimmy Hendrix, Hendrix. right, right, Janis, right. So Janis Joplin, right. So when I know, you make I know what I was up against. Okay. I know what I was up against. Right, you know, right. we almost good, good. we almost there. You're here. You're here, man. You made it. You did it. Twenty eight, man. Congrats. Um, not not there yet, but you know, it, it's, it's looking days. good. It's looking good. Looking you good. Days. I respect it, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Congrats to you, too. Um, but yeah, man, my week has been pretty chill as well. Um, here on this uh, Drury Saturday, uh, had the residuals of the hurricane down, you know, south. That's we're getting the aftermath up here in the north. Um, yeah, l- lately this week, I've, I've kind of been um, into blueberries and then incorporating that into my diet. And I, I forget exactly what encouraged me to do that. But I know that there are a lot of benefits to eating blueberries that I kind of couldn't pass up once I kind of uh, was aware of it. And so some of those benefits are like um, it's rich in antioxidants. Uh, and so because when you work out, um, your body experiences oxidative stress, um, what's in blueberries helps counteract that in terms of uh, free radicals and um, something else, but yeah, it's full of vitamins and minerals. It helps manage cholesterol, um, potentially can help manage blood sugar and potentially reduce blood pressure in general. So, um, and yeah, it's a good snack. It's, it's got some fiber in it. It supposedly, I think it leads to like, uh, less inflammation, which is something that, um, I could benefit from. So just, yeah, I've been using it as a healthy snack and, uh, yeah, it's been working for me. My body's been feeling good. And um, yeah, I can't argue with that. So, yeah, man, yeah, the week was a. I'm a big blueberries guy, so. Oh yeah. I feel that. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and it, it's it's one of those things where like I'll never turn down blueberries, but I've never like just went to the store and purchased them. I I mean I have occasionally, but not like now where it's a part of my regular diet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I see it as something that's here to stay, and would definitely suggest it to other folks. Um. But yeah, man, the week's been cool. Um, you know, enjoying this Monday through Friday routine. Got my weekends off. Went to a softball draft party last night, and it was intense, bro. Like they had a table in the middle 
full of people who had like computers, people like looking at statistics. Like it, it was, it was intense. It was like a, a draft war room, and um, it was it was cool. It was definitely like nothing I've ever been a part of. But um, our first game is Sunday, and uh, I got drafted 11th overall. Well, not not overall. Sorry, 11th round. Um, I think out of like 17 people, so that's pretty decent, right? For somebody who isn't known in the community and 11th um, round or 11th 11th round 11th round 11 rounds yeah yeah that's intense i mean it's 17 rounds in total but i mean yeah it's uh, coming in as a nobody i just you know i just didn't want to be the last pick you know (laughs) like who's this guy the, the, the kid they only picked because he brung the ball or something. Right, know? right, 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 right. You're like, oh, yeah, he's – nah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. So our first game is Sunday. <coughs> and, um, yeah, looking forward to that. But, yeah, man, what, what are we going to get into today? Got any uh, – I've been learning about how America's geography is fucking perfect and – um, quite lucky to be in the country just due to just little simple shit like, for example, the Mississippi River is just perfect for exporting goods throughout the country. It just goes perfectly down a stream to New Orleans. It I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just um, I'm learning a lot about how how like just lucky America is at the same time and how much they have benefited from that luck. Obviously America is not perfect and, and all that, but I just think it's very interesting um, how overpowered it is and how America can just bend, bend the will of almost <laughs> any country. So I don't know. It's a, it's been interesting and it, and it just makes me kind of, recenter and think about how lucky and blessed I am and just another reason to take advantage of every day and try to put my best foot forward and try to convince others to do the same but be that tell, example first tell us tell us more about um America being OP uh geographically speaking like I want to know I mean I understand the Mississippi River but like what else is there more natural to it? Re- natural resources when it comes to oil and gas we have a lot of for example I believe it's in Texas they have one of the largest um, natural gas sites, I believe. Mm. And it it's like, you know, 40, that's almost like 50 to 60% of the world's natural resource of it. That's why Texas has such a ridiculous GDP of, I think, one or two trillion. Mm. Where it's like, you know, one of the top five in the world. So things like that. Um and the amount, because apparently you need a lot of rainwater to actually have um, a society and a civilization do very well. And America has plenty of that. Mm. Like natural, like, for example, from West, for example, if you look on the East Coast where everybody lives, it's all surrounded around the ability for water to be there. Rainwater, rivers, lakes, and different things like that. That's why most people don't live in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. That's why the population is so... There's nobody living there. But then oh, on dense. the West, yeah. Co- mm-hmm. West Coast, you had those three places where it's like Seattle. It's um, Seattle and Portland are quite close together. Then you have the San Francisco, the Bay Area, and then California. Like, it's hard to live anywhere else because of the natural resources. So it's just making me think about how much geography matters when it comes to economics. Right. And just 
and just the ability for a society and an economy to actually work. So it's not as much like technical. It's more of taking advantage of the resources in the given places. Um, so I've been finding that fascinating lately. No, that really is interesting. And I mean, America also is like a leader in like exporting uh, in terms of like, yes. you know, just goods from other other countries as well. So one thing that kind of came to mind to me as you were speaking was how I guess we're living in a time where like a transitional period where people are looking for more renewable, sustainable sources of energy. And so things like gas, oil, um, I imagine like phasing out. And I, I'm kind of curious in my head. I'm wondering how that will impact America going forward. Well, we, yeah, the thing is, when we speak about sustainable, what's sustainable? Is it electric batteries? Because electric batteries, you have to lithium drill. Yeah, mm-hmm. You have to drill for that. Right. And that's not, you know, that's not sustainable. So um, when it comes to sustainability, are you what are you referring to? I mean, just any alternative source of energy that is, uh, it's, it's more accessible. Um, it, it requires less of uh, extracting of natural resources. And it's just like, you know, utilizing something that is more abundant. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not, know. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm like, I'm not too in my science bag. So I don't know the names of these alternative sources of energy, whether it's solar energy, whether it's, I mean, you spoke to electric, um, just like whatever is on the, the cutting edge of science. But uh, I'm, I'm just curious how it'll impact places like Saudi Arabia, the Middle East, um, you know, places like Texas, where, you know, they have uh, accessibility um, to these resources. So that's just in my head. I'm wondering where that how that will impact these countries going forward. Yeah, it's valid. That's very valid. I'm sure and, they're thinking uh, about it, right? People well, are getting paid. World, I mean, the world, the world economy would be much different. And I mean, apparently energy resources, like for example, Nicholas Tesla, the dude from the early 1900s, I believe he, I don't know if the 1900s is the correct time period, but Nikola Tesla, he was able to figure out abundant energy source, I think through electricity. Right. Um, so, so we have that information, but that would literally change forty to fifty percent of the economy, right? The global economy. Which, yeah. Could which, which in theory could happen. So I mean, I mean, we'll I think see. we're just we're getting. I think we're moving to a point where they're assessing like the risk versus reward kind of thing, where like if it's causing more harm to the environment, to the planet, is it worth it? And if there is an alternative source of energy, most businesses are going to like go wherever profit is. So if something's more profitable then I imagine them just being like, if that's what it takes to like, let go of using fossil fuels and gas, then so be it. Cause like coal mining has never been a safe job. You know, these people risk their lives. Like they're they're living in caves. They're, the whole canary thing. Uh, you're familiar with that, right? Canary bird, like kind of like being sort of like a compass, an accessory to find out where oxygen is. Because like the minute the canary like stops breathing or moving around in a cage, you know, there's no oxygen. Um, but yeah, just like these old fashioned ways of uh, getting energy for, you know, grids and people 
It's kind of a little outdated. Sure, outdated, but we have to have an alternative. Sure, yeah, I get um, that. People, wherever the money, I'm just saying, like, you know, Elon Musk is not developing electric cars because he's just so like altruistic, and he's like, I think this is better. You know, he's like, this can make money, and I know that people will eventually convert at some point. So and, let me get ahead. He has of that. his own world. He has his own worldview as well. I mean, you know what I mean? He's an sure. individual. Sure. Um, and he has his own views about what's what's morally right, what he values, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, ideally, you know, ideally people wouldn't have to work in coal mines and, you know, they wouldn't be drilling in the Congo. I mean, because the reason I come across this geography information is because I've been studying the Congo and how much, you know, like I spoke about in past episodes about colonial colonialism and how it's affected, you know, the world, really. Um, but yeah, but the thing is, the economy springs from the natural resources, not the other way around. So it's not as sexy and exciting as malleable, but, you know, that's how trade works. And that's what makes America, you know. When you, say that, when you say that, what were, what were you trying to highlight with that statement that uh, the natural resources kind of like dictate the economy? Yeah, the more natural resources, the more you're able to trade, the more that you'll be able to bring in more capital, the more you'll be able to run an economy. The economy doesn't like from your resources, then you make money. You can't have money and then use the resources. It starts with that. That. Does that make sense? So for no, example, it does. Most- no, it it, it, okay. it makes it makes sense. I was just wondering if you were saying that uh, to sort of address the whole like you know uh, oil and gas being something that is becoming detrimental to like the earth and whether or not like people. Oh. Yeah, I just I wanted to say something about that. Yeah. Um, so with all that being said, all the negativity around that is true. But I also think when people complain about CO2, drive less, slow down your carbon emissions, a lot of the issue is through farming. And it's it's ridiculous how much CO2 we can actually pull from the earth and the atmosphere if we actually did natural, organic, biodynamic farming. Cows simply grazing through grass actually pull CO2 out of the air. So the way we do traditional farming where we're just milling just, you know, hundreds of yards of corn or one crop using traditional farming, it's actually destroying the minerals in the earth. So the food has less minerals, but it's also destroying the the earth's ability to, to absorb the CO2 from the air. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Okay, so a lot of these conversations, they're kind of like all over the place. They're not really hitting the nail on the head when it comes to like our environment and our earth is kind of suffering. Um, But I feel like what I'm noticing is more people are talking about it. More people like it. Like I put up this video on my Instagram uh, from a Kanye interview where he's talking about, yeah, food cures cancer. He's like, I don't know if people are comfortable with me saying that, but by him saying that, right, and his level of influence and his celebrity, the fact that he's even thinking about that just shows how much the general consensus is starting to wake up to, like, 
the way we do things traditionally isn't working and it's not sustainable. We're going to have to kind of work in flow with nature and mm-hmm. kind of actually work with the ebbs and flows of it. And I think that's, you know what I mean? That makes me happy. It makes me think like I don't need to be on my soapbox all the time. I think <laughs> the collective consciousness kind of has my back. Uh, so. Yeah, so I think, I, I, cool. think um, I definitely think you should continue to speak to that. And I know, I know you won't stop. Um, I know you're just saying that, you know, find a little solace in knowing that like your your uh, sentiments being echoed. But uh, like in my school, um, one of the things that the meditations, prayers that they taught us was uh, called basking in the light. And um, just premise of that is just like anything that comes from you is a reflection of something bigger. So just do what comes natural to you and trust that like you are you are a speaker for something bigger than you. So um, yeah, we need people like you to continue to speak to things that you're passionate about and you know, um, everybody else do the same. And that's how, uh, that's how we, we get shit done around here. Community, right? Everybody Shine bright. Apart. Yes, sir. Yeah. Sir, bask in that light. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that's uh, super interesting. I think it's, it's something that is overlooked a lot of times. Uh, people got their day-to-day lives, bro. People are not worrying about the setup of America and why America is able to thrive. And so I think it's interesting that you kind of have a, an interest in that you taking a yeah because i i want to know why things are the way they are you know a lot of people they talk shit on america when we're walking on its soil and we're american citizens and like right. you know i mean mm-hmm. like you know, they don't claim it so i'm like that's weird a little bit um as much as you hate it or dislike the way certain people do things yeah we're so yeah. insulated my brother we're so insulated i mean Very insulated i just i like I don't know. I, my life is cozy for the most part. I mean, I just I don't know. I don't know. There, there's a level of comfort that we're able to experience that a lot of countries, a lot of people in other places are able, not able to experience. I mean, just turn on the news. And I don't mean the news that is like fear mongering, but the news that's like actually just informing you on what's going on around in the world. And you'd be surprised. You'd be like, oh, whoa. Didn't even know they gotta that make us on. scared, bro. That's the issue. They be trying to make us scared, <laughs> like right? Yeah. They, they 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 like they're too comfortable. We gotta make you a little bit off your off your banner, off your balance. So mm-hmm. you know, and they do that. So people that are doing very well, they're stressed about the most trivial things. Or is that the human condition? Or is that part programming? Mm. You can answer that question for yourself. Maybe um, a little bit of both. Yeah, that's facts. But let's get off of this geography tip, man. How, uh, you know what I mean? Sure, 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 sure. Topics. Yeah, man. A um, couple articles I came across this week uh, I found a little interesting. Um, one being an article that was called Why Pandemic Fraud Was So Easy. And mm. uh, yeah, if you, you know, were in America during this time, you experienced the the standstill of not only the economy, the government, jobs, just everyone was on lockdown and everyone was sort of trying to figure it out on the fly. And so, you know, as you're aware, uh, President Biden um, approved a pandemic relief uh, package of like $1.9 trillion. And this was to be distributed to Americans to sort of ease uh, 
the the you know hardships that we were going through during the time and so people were on empl- unemployment businesses were going small businesses were going out of business and um you know people had to find a way to sort of uh parent themselves in terms of being honest and being uh forthright when it comes to signing up for benefits and a lot of people Dave uh, I'm sure you're aware of a lot of people weren't that honest and so there were people who were signing up for loans that they didn't necessarily qualify because they in fact didn't have a business and so there were people who were getting uh so pretty much Congress created a program for small businesses uh to give a grant for ten thousand dollars just for applying um even if their rejection even if their application was rejected later in an effort to slow down the process of uh in an effort not to slow the process of providing people with aid and so america was trying to do the right thing in terms of providing people with you know money but people were taking advantage of it and uh there was a report that just came out from the labor department inspector general that estimated that uh, the amount the amount of, amount of money that was stolen from unemployment benefits could be over forty five billion dollars, and I just think that putting it in perspective, I'm kind of surprised but not surprised because a lot of these things were done under self certification, meaning that people had to click a box under their under the penalty of perjury and just being, you know, honest. And I think that people knew that, hey, my friend just got a $10,000 loan, then like, why can't I get away with it? And if everyone's doing it, then surely I won't be caught. And so what ends up happening is the amount of fraud cases is so staggering literally over 2 million cases, it becomes almost impossible for the government to go after every one of them. So they begin to target the individuals who stole an exorbitant amount of money. Um, and so, yeah, there was one, there was one company, Dave, um, they were like a nonprofit. They were responsible for uh, feeding people, feeding children during a pandemic. They stole over a quarter billion dollars from the government. And they're, they, 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 yeah, they pretty much told the government they were feeding all of these, you know, immigrant uh, children. And in fact, they were just like cashing checks for themselves. And so I, I just thought that was like surprising, but not surprising. You know, uh, during a pandemic, yeah. what do you expect people to do? Like you spoke about uh, with the earlier topic, the human condition. Like, what are you going to do when people tell you to police yourself? Hey, open book um, quiz. Like you can look in your notes, but just the first page. Although I'm not going to be like looking over your shoulder, you think people are going to look on the second page of their notes or the third page of their notes? Like, of course they are. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's wild. Right? Have you heard about the breath? That that sounds in alignment with the Brett Favre thing. Mm, tell me what, what's up with the Brett Favre thing. I don't know the specifics, but I noticed when the whole uh, Ime Udoka, the Celtics coach, like everybody was talking about that, but Brett Favre apparently took. Um, government aid about five million he used one million to create a new volleyball facility for i think his daughter's high school and he used the other couple million dollars for something else but he literally used government aid that was supposed to go to the community or um, federal aid and 
he actually um, just used it for whatever he dealt, thought was necessary. And nobody, it's not really talked about that much. Look, you don't even know what it is. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> so, confused. <laughs> let me see if I can pull up some specifics. Sure. Um, so it was. It took place in Mississippi. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see here. So Mississippi's wielding welfare um, scandal. So it involves tens of millions of dollars has been embroiled uh, the states uh, from the state's former governor. But essentially, Brett Favre used about ten tens of millions of dollars that was supposed to go to at risk individuals, and he just used it for whatever he felt was fit. <laughs> in Missis in Mississippi, and he's an ex athlete. Like so, out in of all people. Out of all people, you know, in our society, I mean, someone who should be pretty comfortable, uh, you know, financially speaking, and he's still in tens of millions of dollars. That's that's wild. Not even up front. That's, that's yeah. wild. It was it was from the temporary assistance for needy families program in Mississippi, was that a, where was, one out of five people live in poverty. Was that a was that a pandemic thing? Is that pandemic related, or there's something like government funds that he stole? I don't know. I don't okay. know if it's a pandemic, but I think it happened during 2020, so probably connected, you know. Wow. So Mississippi, so an audit of Mississippi State found more than $94 million in federal welfare funds. <laughs> that's, uh, that's cool. That's America, right? We was just talking about that. The good, the bad, the ugly, right? Yeah, it, it's funny because um, America's now put in some, uh, what would you call it, safeguards to prevent it from ever happening again. Because Uncle Sam, I don't, I don't think he's too happy about oh, those loans you're talking billion, about. Forty-five billion. How you think Uncle Sam feels? IRS, like they, like I said, they don't have the the manpower to go over two million cases. But they I know the they they came give. they came after me, bro. And it, it's weird too. I'm so upset about this. I mean, I don't even put need to put this out on front street. But like, I specifically signed up for my taxes to be taken out of my unemployment checks, and I still got to pay taxes. Like, they got people cashing ten thousand dollar loans, Dave, but they're coming after me for a few hundred dollars in taxes bro, that they too. miscalculated. They, Come on, dog. Deal. They hit me with the same shit. <sighs> don't get me started, man. Shit. Don't get me started, brother. But that's America, shit. man. Like you said, the good, bad, the ugly. <laughs> Learn to play the game, man. And listen, first world problems, I guess, right? So should make an LLC, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> listen, man. You should, consciousness at play. We should have. <laughs> you hear me? Should we would have been in a studio right now? <laughs> shit, I didn't start my coaching LLC until a year ago from today, so I would have been late anyway. <laughs> I would have I would have had a storefront. Yeah, see, <laughs> see that America America will turn you into a hustler. America will like teach you how hey. to chase that almighty dollar for real. If you don't chase a dollar, bro, ain't nobody looking out for you. <laughs> no handouts. Yeah, man. Exactly. No Closed mouths get no, Closed mouths do not get fed. So um, I hope they I I hope we change that moving forward because like, I mean, for example, what if they get rid of like some of these natural, you know, get these jobs that are like they need gas or oil, oil, for example, or something. Imagine we need less. 20% of the economy just has no job. What are they going to do? Just, you know, pillage and, you know, just go crazy in the streets? Amazon. <laughs> nah, let me stop. Amazon will probably suck up everything, right? For real. Let's create a, nah, create a slave, slave ship. 
Yeah, like a like a pipeline. Nah, for real though. But like, and then it's weird though. Well, not weird, but it's interesting that a lot of more labor unions under Amazon are popping up. And it's I don't think it's to Jeff Bezos or whoever the CEO of Amazon is. I don't think it's to their liking because usually labor laws come with like rights and benefits and capitalism is not a big friend of, uh, you know, labor laws and Unions. worker rights. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays Amazon's out. Amazon's too big. Amazon's way too big. Yeah. Who cares if they have you? You know what I mean? Like they're way too big at this point. How much... <laughs> But speaking speaking of though, I mean, like this hypothetical of like if you know uh, jobs were lost, um, I think the amount of like entrepreneurs and uh, things of that nature have kind of increased lately. I would say in like in the last ten years or so, since the emergence of like cryptocurrency and just that ecosystem that is created and uh, decentralization. Um, the article that I came across that I'm referencing right now is called The Crypto World is on Edge After a String of Hacks. And the article pretty much just spoke to um, how this year, $2.2 billion in cryptocurrency has been stolen from DeFi projects, according to the crypto tracking of chain analysis. And in March, a group of a group sponsored by the North Korean government stole $620 million in digital currency. From the Ronin Network, a DeFi platform that powers the video game Axie Infinity, which I know a lot of people made money off of. Um, And around the same time, a hacker exploited a software flaw in the DeFi project called Wormhole to abscond with $320 million. And um, yeah, you know, you and I have done our own crypto dwelling, you know, into that world and you know, the way you explained it to me when I first got in is that this is the wild, wild west. This is like a gold rush. And um, yeah, you, you, you know, you tread, you tread at your own, your own risk. And I think we're, we're starting to see um, just, I guess, the leveling out um, now that this is becoming more commercial friendly, right? Uh, where p- people, you know, pro- uh, programs and developers are hiring um, cyber security to sort of check the flaws within their program to to make sure that they aren't exploited and um yeah i know that there are a lot of millionaires that came up overnight but i know that there are a lot of people that are clearly losing their money so um i think it's an interesting time we're living in and uh any thoughts on it um sounds like fud fud <laughs> yeah a little bit but it's uh um, what's fud, what's, it's- what's FUD? FUD, FUD, FUD is, um, internet lingo. <laughs> Let's see. I see it says a it's, propaganda tactic using sales. It's apparent. It's, it's, apparent. it's, it's a, essentially putting fear into the market, which is valid right now. But I just say that to begin, right? But okay. my opinion on this is um, crypto has been around for about a decade and it's had these highs and lows and we just are in a low right now. Um, the next high could be ridiculous. So I wouldn't downplay crypto all the way, but in terms of a lot of these people that are stealing money, that's parkour, man. Crypto's, like I said, like I told you before, it's wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. And um, people have fake projects. People are hackers. And um, 
it's just the wild, wild west, man. Like you said, you just gotta tread lightly, but the the opportunity is ridiculous. I mean, right? You, know, you can put a dollar in and end up with seven. Yeah, there's there. I was and to speak to that, there was a there was a company that was actually affected um, by a hack as well. Uh, three programmers in their mid twenties created a uh, crypto software platform called Beanstalk, which offered a stable coin, a type of cryptocurrency uh, with a fixed value of a dollar, but their program allowed people to uh, sort of reap any type of um, profit from like, like, so it would, it would never go below a dollar because it's at that fixed value of a dollar because it's a stable coin. But anytime it went over a dollar in any way, people were able to get their money. So essentially like just reaping in all the benefits of a bet, but not taking any losses because it's at a mm-hmm. fixed value. So I think that that that's interesting. Like that wasn't, um, you know, available, you know, five years ago, but just the, the innovation, the amount of innovation that's taking place. And as you're saying, the opportunities that are there, that are there one minute and gone the next, um, I think is, is pretty evident, but yeah, man, back to like just America and just um, like, kind of like, getting that hustler spirit, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. Like, what do people do if they lose jobs? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people turn to cryptocurrency or, you know, become, um, you know, future traders or, you know, things of that nature. I see those markets growing for sure. Yeah. And I mean, assets in general are going to bounce back. You know, why wouldn't they? (laughs) Uh, I think it's... How would you feel? Let me me ask you, how would you feel if you like had money tied up into a project and to find out overnight that your money's gone and that like everyone in the community is reeling and trying to figure out, you know, what their next move is. Like, how, how, have you ever been in that position? Can you imagine what you would feel like? Um, Cause I think it's easier to kind of just like spectate from the outside if you don't really have a, a you know, strong foot in the game. Um, and I say that as, as a person myself who doesn't, but I can only imagine you kind of to me, bro, it just seems like kind of got a, like a nonchalant attitude or at least like you accept the consequences that come with, you know, gambling in the wild, wild west. But yeah, I mean, I had a project go up 700% and then drop from 700, you know, drop 750%, you know what I mean? Ooh. So then what I start with was less half, you know, but I think it's, Opportunity is ridiculous, so learning the game is worth it. Just like people, any type of investing, whether it's real estate, whether it's the stock market, whether it's crypto, it's worth looking into these assets that you're interested in and learning how the game works. Because from that lesson, I've pretty much, the next bull run of just my next experience with crypto, I have a frame of reference. When right. shit is up 500%, don't wait for it to go to six or seven. Mm-hmm. Pull out at least... 50 or what you put in mm-hmm. and then boom you can just have play mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's for me it, i took that as a learning experience it didn't flip my world upside down necessarily but um but yeah but at the same time throughout the bull run i had like three or four projects where i did catch the up on six five six hundred percent so you know what i'm saying it's like you know, even one of them, you were all we we, we were uh, chatting as yeah. it was shooting up. You know what I mean? Right. And that was six to seven hundred percent. So um, that's a ridiculous. You know what I mean, I, I think that time I started with one fifty, you end up taking out close to a thousand. Like that's ridiculous within a week or a few weeks. So that's true. Is yeah. that? But that's not a good lesson, though. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you uh, with its worth. Potential. Yeah, because like I, I now am reading these articles and the way these articles are written is to explain, uh, to make cryptocurrency like friendly to the casual person, right? So they explain a lot of the, the terms. And I realize now, like I understand these things because I've dabbled in and I've read the white, you know, the white papers. I, I get the process. Yeah. So um, I definitely would say like we're, we're moving in that direction as an economy. A lot of more decentralized uh, projects are going to be uh, mainstream and um, a lot of people's I, investing. I, I have a great example for this. For example, you're looking for a plumber. If you go back 10 to 15 years, you'd have to look in the newspaper, the yellow pages, and you'd find a company, then that company will send out one of their plumbers. Nowadays, you Google and you find a company or whatever company. Imagine if there was just a big database of plumbers that had their reviews and kind of what they do, and you just could select depending upon how much they cost. That's what decentralization is essentially going to be. And that can be applied to almost any field. It's right. just going to make it much easier for no middleman, the no middleman, and you'll be able to get the the simple information. You know what I mean? Like right. name, how many years, how much they cost for this service, what they can do for you. You call them, boom, they show up, job. But then that that interaction is actually recorded on the blockchain, for example, and then everybody can see exactly who he's worked with. Or to a certain extent, and then they can make their decisions. That's just, I think that's just a natural progression of how humans do business together. I don't think that's like too, like too crazy. Um, but obviously to get to that point is growth. And how do you grow? You break the muscle, <laughs> then the muscle grows bigger. <laughs> and, um, and in that process, people are losing money. <laughs> right. you know, and then and then people that lose money might write FUD and I found out what FUD means is fear, uncertainty, and doubt F-U-D and they're going to intentionally use that to say hey I lost money, don't do it but if you understand what crypto really is it's almost a no brainer, it's just about time and I hope you indeed enjoyed that commercial <laughs> do some research <laughs> for real no, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the future, and um, it's better even if you don't even if you're not fully involved in it. It's better to I'm not even gonna say have skin in the game, but it's it's better to understand how it works, how it will be in, affecting the world in the future. Because you don't want to be a dinosaur. You don't want to be the person who, I mean, I'm not even talking about fear of missing out. Just like a person who's unable to efficiently operate in the future, because you're like, yo, I still want to use my cash or my a debit card, you know, it's like the, the old heads that don't want to use the internet or a smartphone or all they, that. That's you know how many people? Oh man, I mean, just on that, like in a joking, like comedy, comedy style. Like I have a lot of people come up to me at work who will be looking for directions, and they'll have a phone in their hand, and I'm just like, well, let's let's look at the phone together. Let's see, let's see what these directions tell us, because Google is user friendly as fuck, and like. It will literally tell you the cross streets. It'll tell you what the building looks like. You can move geographically, like without physically. Be, I mean, people, people. I mean, time don't slow down for no one. Um, and yeah. I mean, imagine the kids that are growing up with this tech, man. Eventually, they're not going to have anything in their hand. It's going to be a little bit more interactive or smaller, or it's going to like my brother has a flip phone, a flip phone where it's like uh, it's a, the size of my note. 
but it, it flips. So imagine the capabilities of technology in the, in the future is just going to be, you got to keep up. Yeah, for sure. But, for um, sure. but yeah, yeah. I mean, all these things we're talking about, I just hope our world can kind of integrate all of it in a way where we don't just all fight each other. But the more I'm learning about this geography and everything, we lean on each other so much. Like it's uh we're, we're really one human species <laughs> for sure. As much as uh, the, the the divide that we have between black and white, left and right, America, Russia, um, and such and such, we all really lean on to each other, especially for these natural resources. But um, I just hope that, like I've said in the past, Africa can get its. Uh, can unite and take advantage so people that look like us can have a seat at the table and economic like validity when coming at like when trading so so yeah yeah i don't know if you can hear me can you hear me yeah uh, my bad um your audio changed though yeah uh yeah, apologize for the technical difficulties, guys. Um, kind of had a little bit of an error, and I think our recording restarted. But um, don't worry about that. If you're listening, shit's gonna have to sound smooth as fuck. But yeah, Dave, um, I think we talked about a lot of uh, interesting things today. Um, crypto, U.S. geography, um, you know, pandemic fraud. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, it was fun and um eat your blueberries, guys. Right. You know, get that <laughs> get that inflammation down. Take care of yourself. Seriously. Frozen, fresh, put in a smoothie. Exactly. Eat it before, eat it before bed. Do what you gotta do. Take care of yourself. Blueberries. Yep. Yep. Swap out the blueberries. Swap out for blueberries. But yeah, man, till next time, guys. We wanna thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed this visual experience. Um, we're gonna be on YouTube soon, Instagram, Twitter, we coming for it all. Uh, Till next time, guys.